What critics of the Church choose to highlight in their criticisms says something about the cultural assumptions of their era. So early critics of the Church, for example, uh, tend to focus on Christians' refusal to sacrifice to the gods. The more sophisticated critics raised questions about the philosophical coherence of Christianity. But here's a criticism that uh, I've heard a fair amount in recent years that would not have occurred to the ancient polemicists. It runs something like this. So, if Christ had been executed in an electric chair, would Christians carry around electric chairs as emblems? Now, the idea here seems to be to make fun of the fact that Christ came at a certain time and in a certain culture, that if religion is going to be true, it must be completely free of cultural contingencies. Religion must be cultureless and ahistorical. This is a way, by the way, of saying that religion should have no bearing on our public life. And this is a long way from the ancient world, in which the gods were understood to be deeply implicated in history and in culture. And the use of crucifixion in the Roman world was indeed very culturally specific. The Romans, I think, may have borrowed this from the Persians, but they, uh, they perfected it. But, but this does not mean that crucifixion is somehow arbitrary. Uh, they could have put people to death in other ways. Uh, this was a chosen thing for the Romans because methods of execution are always symbolic in some way and therefore are meant to communicate something. And the electric chair in our world says a lot about our views of capital punishment, that it should be relatively swift and bloodless, it should be done by use of advanced technology in a relatively private space. Uh, this is an attempt to conceal a certain form of political violence and to dress it up with a kind of technocratic form. And again, the ancients had a very different idea of capital punishment. In the case of the Romans, executions were going to be as public and gruesome as possible as a way of completely discrediting the criminal by humiliation and drawn-out suffering. In those days, the state had no problem broadcasting its violence. And it was for his own mysterious purposes uh, this particular culture that God chose into which to send his only son. And the use of the electric chair and other semi-private and supposedly bloodless forms of execution, these are already affected by Christian revelation because this is a revelation that makes human justice, especially in its most extreme form, a suspect thing. And this suggests that politics today, at least in its official aspect, labors under a certain awareness of God's judgment, even if those participating in it are generally unaware of this reality. Most politicians today would not appeal to God's judgment. Rather, they would appeal to the judgment of history. You have to be on the right side of history these days, correct? But once again, I would point out that this very notion of being on the right side of history is just a secularized version of the Christian belief in final judgment. And this is to say again that the coming of the Son of Man and his timing it was not haphazard. It took place, as St. Paul teaches us, in the fullness of time, the very best moment, what the theologians would call a kairos, a moment of opportunity for action, a potential turning point in history. 
the tide in the affairs of men, seized upon by God to save us. In my judgment, it is the very political achievement of ancient Rome, a success that was grounded in a generous civic spirit, a rigorous realism about the world, that made for this golden moment of God's entry into the world. And it was further the encroachment of this Roman system upon the Jerusalem temple that brought history to its culmination and turning point. The symbol of the cross planted in the earth of Golgotha is inseparable from these historical realities. Now I hope that this brief venture into cultural theory is thought-provoking for you for the rest of the day, but there's one last point I wish to make about the importance of an awareness of culture, maybe one that will touch us more personally. When we Christians speak about the cross today, there is, in my sense, a frequent aura of grimness, perhaps thinly veiled by praises of Christ and his willingness to suffer for us, yes. But this grimness that I detect, I think, is the product of a certain fear, a fear that our day as Christians has come and gone, and we are sailing into a great unknown, and that old Christian ideals seem to be faltering in some way. The judgment of history seems to be against the Church in many ways. But of course, by saying this last sentence, by framing it that way, uh, I'm admitting that this is a major mistake on our part if we think this way, because this is to accept this judgment of history, the secularized version, rather than God's judgment. And there's a more subtle problem here that is exposed quite clearly when we look at the whole of the liturgy for today. If you sing vigils and lauds and vespers and everything, uh, the liturgy is anything but grim, celebrating the cross. The words associated with the Holy Cross in the early church are words like these. Glory, triumph, victory, wonder, sweetness, exaltation, comfort, Blessings, freedom, redemption, adoration. There's not a hint of self-reproach, regret, not a word about soldiering on with our own crosses along the narrow way. And this is not to say that repentance and our own sufferings aren't important. They just happen not to be the focus of today's liturgy. Nor even is Christ's suffering much mentioned except as the backdrop for his heroic victory. And if we struggle to enter into this joy, if this is an unfamiliar thing for us, this glorious triumph, this mysterious wonder and sweet comfort of the cross, perhaps it is because we have ourselves been infected with a worldly point of view that is ashamed of the cross. The saints and angels are in euphoric celebration today, and would that we would join them I am not ashamed of the gospel, says St. Paul, writing to the church at Rome, the capital of that impressive empire that attempted to silence God by the crucifixion. And this very instrument of political power has been revealed as the true power of a suffering God. Let us pray for the faith to glory in nothing other than the cross of Jesus Christ.